We are here. It's the safe house. Week number two. Two. Number two. Here with you, Pastor Ferguson here with my man Mitchell Harper. What's happening, Mitchell? What's happening? This is officially, I think, the longest podcast I've ever been on. Two whole episodes. That's what I'm talking about. We're already making it, see? <laughs> And look, and the fact that we are here right now means that we have not been canceled, <laughs> and so that means that that we are good to go. I mean, you know, ch- you know, church folk have a tendency to try to cancel you in five seconds when they don't like something, but apparently, mm. it's worked out pretty good. So we're still here, we're still live, we're still doing our thing. And of course, we got our folks that are here in person right now. You know, it's like always. You know, when you do something one week. You know, it sounded all good, and it was real cool and everything like that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. You know, have some snacks and stuff like that. Then people ask, were we going to do it again? I said no, but, hey, what do I know? And guess what people do? They show up with snacks. So I thank God for people that show up with snacks. And it's great, and it's wonderful. And here's where I start clowning. We got people in, in person, and they halfway don't want to laugh and don't want to be identified as if they are not here and they acting like we are all by ourselves up here. And that ain't the case. So, you know, feel loose, get loose, be productive and all that kind of stuff, people, because stuff does happen to be funny. Go ahead and laugh. It is okay. It's actually good medicine. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time today. So how about this? Since last week, I kind of messed up because, you know, we, we, we talking about things dealing with the Lord, and the first thing we didn't do, we, we messed this thing up out the gate. And, and the Lord showed a lot of grace. That's right. So we're going to pray first because that's what you should do to start off stuff. So if we're going to get this thing right the second week, let's do this thing right. So, uh, Mitchell, can you pray for us, man? Of course. Dear God, we thank you once again for this day. Thank you for bringing us together uh, safely. And um, we just thank you for your word that just continues to guide us and shine light upon the things that we can do better and and the ways we're already serving you, you know, as best we can. And just continue to keep us curious, Lord, and we're going to have a good time tonight. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you are with us, if you are online with us tonight, I need you to do a couple things. Like always, because some people do stuff when they're in person regardless. If you're on Facebook and you have that share button, go ahead, hit that share button, let people know about what's happening, and, of course, keep track. If you're online with us also, raise your questions in the chat. Raise your questions in the chat. Here in person, we have tried to upgrade ourselves a little bit and be a little bit more mobile with our mics and things like that. So, We'll, so you won't have to necessarily try to get up and come to a spot, but we do need to make sure that you speak into the mic because people actually want to know what's on your mind. Not just online, but in person as well because some of us, you know, we may be a little deficient in our hearing. So we want to make sure that everybody is hearing every thought that's coming through, things like that on tonight. Um check this out um because i don't want to hear the sound of my own voice like that but um we we're dealing with matthew the 19th chapter verses 16 through 22 and sunday we talked about having a shallow image Mm -hmm. and the 
interesting thing about it is that doing this podcast is allowing like some creativity. So even though it's kind of a review of what we dealt with on Sunday, it's an opportunity to kind of deal with our thoughts and our ideas when it comes to um, what was said, Mm -hmm. what God is still speaking. And um, if we're to kind of label out this episode, probably call it, why are you swimming in shallow waters? Um, I, I figure that every episode should have its own title. It shouldn't just be a review. Of, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to deal with some things. So, um, Mitchell, let me ask you: What was on your mind when you um, dealt with the dealt with the message on Sunday, and what 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 came to you? Because I'm I'm curious. I'm really curious. Well, we. Uh so the passage was on the on the rich young ruler, and to be honest with you, I was surprised at how many questions that I did have for a passage that we hear all the time in church, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I would have never. I would have never looked at this passage in terms of trying to flesh out your identity, hmm. uh, your image. Um, and so I thought the way that you spoke on that, uh, again, I have some questions about the passage, but I thought your sermon itself, spot on. I appreciate it. So you may want to move that mic a little bit just in case he exists. A little closer. Yeah. I'm good. You good? Okay. So, all right, cool. So, so let me throw it out to the to the to the audience here, to those in person, because I I, I want to see how we begin to kind of work with some some thoughts, some initial thoughts from Sunday. What 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 was on your mind? What was on your mind? Anybody need a quick review? This is all me. Oh, right hand. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're having some technical difficulties. We're just trying to figure this out. It's yep. all, it's yeah, all. we got it. It's all good. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor, everybody. All right. What's up, man? All right. Now, now we're clicking. Yep. Okay. Um, it was not only eye-opening, but the word I would use is disconcerting. Um, that there are, I know I find myself guilty of believing that uh, I'm I'm all in with 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 uh, with God, but I don't want to give up nothing. Mm. Um, 
I guess his vanity is 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 is, is what it is. Um, feeling feeling like I don't have to um, sacrifice. I have to sacrifice the things that I quote unquote work for. Um, but that's in in every instance of of Christ's journey as as he found people and used people. That's that's what he asked him to do. Give it up. Give give it up. Whatever it is that you think is higher than God, whatever it is that you feel is worth it, give it up. Because that's the only way you're going to prove to God that you that you all in. And I know I'm, I, don't, I don't be wanting to. <laughs> <laughs> nah, keep it 100. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and the way that you painted that picture on Sunday was, um, like I said, it was disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to admit that that's what it was, but that's exactly what it was. You made you made it clear that that we, you know, especially with the with the the ruler, he he asked it straight up. You know what what is it that I have to do to, to get in the gates? Because that's that's literally what we ask ourselves. What what do we have to do? You know, what I mean, Lord, if this if it's a specific thing, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Can you tell me that it's a specific thing? And that's what we hope. That's what we, we come to these places. We come to the house of worship to, to ask that question. We don't want to admit that that's what it is, but that's what it is. We come to ask that specific question. What is it, God, that I have to do in order to go to heaven? And, and it's, it's, it's not a thing because he, <laughs> he kept asking, okay, well, I've, I've done that. I, you know, I, I pay my tithes, and, and, and I work with the Sunday school, and, and and I and I and I I bring the, the pastor his his program. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh what is it that I got to do, Lord, in order to to get in there, and to find out that it's it's very simple. Stop caring about yourself. Give up the things that matter to you most, because those things are probably material. Those things are probably temporal. Those things are probably um, uh, carnal, probably <laughs> something that, that has to do with the flesh. And if you just give up those things, and you know, you, you might be on on your way. <laughs> you know, so so no, I definitely appreciate uh, the, the sermon on Sunday. Anybody? No. Anybody else? What I'm going to do real quick, since we didn't uh, we didn't actually read what the what the passage was. Cool. So <laughs> go ahead. So we're, we're all we're going to level set real quick. This is Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. <clears throat> it says, and behold, a man came up to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would if you would enter life, keep the keep the commandments, he said to him. Which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Yes. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Listen, there's a lot in there. That's why I want to, because sometimes 
not sometimes, all the time. When when you get up and you preach, like I, I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Um, preaching on Sunday is the lecture. It's the lecture. You, you, you ain't nobody questioning you during the lecture. But it's also, hopefully, if we do our job well, there's some thoughts that have to come to mind. I mean, think about this for a second. Like, you got a whole, you got a whole person that says, I want to gain eternal life, and I just want to know how I can do it. I mean, if you, you take away all the extra, that's, that's all he, he really wants. He was like, I, I want to I obtain this, yeah. right? But he wants it the easiest way possible. And if there's anybody in here that has ever wanted something the easy way, then you understand this brother's play. He just want. let's make it simple. What do I need to do to have eternal life? Yeah. What do I need to do? And I think it's it's interesting because I don't I don't hate the question like it's it's a well intentioned question I think, <laughs> um, but I think we also a lot of times growing up in church I think we foster a fear that like I could do everything but if I don't do this one thing then it's all for naught and I think some of that is is bearing out like I never really had a genuine appreciation before when I've read this for the question itself um and you, you I mean you said it, you're like it's it's uncomfortable because yeah there's stuff that I don't I don't want to give up and what is what is the stuff that I don't want to give up say about me that's an interesting thought <laughs> I mean, what does it, I mean, what does it say? What does it say that a person comes to Jesus and says, okay, tell me what I need to do. He, t- Jesus lays it out. And then all of a sudden the want and, and it really wasn't one thing. It was two. Let's think about this. He said he kept the commandments that Jesus laid out, right? Then Jesus says, if you would be perfect, I, I love when Jesus, he, Jesus escalates stuff all the time. Yeah, he petty sometimes. I love it. <laughs> I love, listen, I love Jesus not just because he died for me, okay, but because Jesus is the greatest troll of all time. Literally. Yeah. There is no internet troll <laughs> that can out-troll Jesus. Like, he literally is saying, okay, why are you asking me about what's good? Nothing good. No, there's nothing good above the one I come from, right? Well, since you're asking questions, keep these commandments. Oh, you kept the commandments? Bet. Now, here comes the next thing. If you're going to be perfect, Sell your stuff, give to the poor, and follow me. Three things. And the writer says that he left 
sorrowful because he had great possessions. Everybody. <laughs> the realest podcast. teach our young people or old people as far as that goes what we're really supposed to do when God says come to me all you who labor in the heavy laden what we tend to do is find something that we have to do that makes us want to be a part of Christ so then So here, so so let's so let's unpack this. Mm-hmm. Let's unpack it. There is, um, I would say this. There is. There's us dealing with church culture mm-hmm. and being the church. I'm not even gonna say, or this this is not an organizational thing. This there's church culture and being the church, right? We want people to come. Here we go. We want people to come to church when we are called to be the church, right? Now, the the young man says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? So he wants to know what are the things not a bad not a bad question yeah. but he he wants to know the things what's the checklist right yeah. he wants the checklist he's checking everything off but then Jesus challenges him to now become part of a movement to become part of a movement means not just doing the things on the checklist but really activating. Sell your wait, sell your stuff, give to the poor, and follow me. Now, now here's the now here's the thing. I know I brought this up on Sunday. <laughs> I know I did. But I I, I want to take it a little further. People would say, well, this guy was already rich. Why would he have to all of a sudden give up his riches? Well, he well Jesus had disciples that knew how to make a living, and they what gave up 
the attachment to it to follow him, but it didn't mean they forgot how to do things, right? In other words, in following Jesus, they recalibrated what their focus was supposed to be. Mm. It didn't mean that suddenly they forgot how to do stuff, right. which means that, they, that if they needed to make, they knew how to do it. They, knew, they still knew how to fish, right? The fishermen that were with them, they still knew how to fish. They just didn't put it all their energy into what? Fishing. What did Jesus say? I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're not going to forget how to do it. I'm going to recalibrate you. But what we don't do in the church in general is talk about how we recalibrate, how we place how we place more emphasis on becoming. We've placed so much emphasis on on joining rather than becoming. So then we look the part, but because we but because we haven't put time into becoming, which means that we have roots, then suddenly now we don't know how to really be the church. We're 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 members of a church, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to be the church. And I so think, I think that goes along. Uh, last week, I don't remember what, what we had said, but uh, I was like, "Yeah, so many people are willing to die, but they're not willing to love their neighbor and this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Yeah, but that requires a certain type of death, right?" And I think what we're talking about is this: this young man not being willing to die in that specific sense mm. to do what he needs to do. And for whatever reason, I, I wondered through this reading, were his riches why he had the relationship with God that he thought he had in the first place? That's a good question. Because in that culture, a lot of people thought, well, if you're rich, you're blessed because God wants you to be blessed. In that culture, in this culture. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um, so I wonder if, if his sadness was because he thought that he was losing his blessings he would lose his blessings along with his riches if he were to give those up. Lean into that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, lean, it's, like lean, lean into that. I'm at thirty thousand feet, so I don't know that I can necessarily get any closer. <laughs> but um, no. But I think I th- when when you're. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think I would would liken it to the difference between going to college. Hmm. You're going to get education in both ways. One is just a little bit deeper, a little bit more hands-on. The question about his wealth is an excellent question because I was wondering the same thing. Because it doesn't say he had a lot. It said his possessions were great. Yeah. So they could have been high value. He might only had a couple of things, but they was worth immense. You know what I'm saying? That could have been heirlooms, that could have been, could have been anything, could have been uh, passed down through, through generations. It could have been something that he made in, of his own hands. It could have, you know, it could have been a, a number of, of things. Um, but that, again, is subjective to how you calculate wealth. That's what makes me think that it might have, it, it, it probably wasn't uh, a lot of things. 
the term great to mean, you know what I'm saying, uh, denotes quality, quality rather than yeah. and quantitative. Mm -hmm. um, but his, the, the way he, the way he questioned Jesus, it was this, the specificity of his questions makes me believe that, that he was he was knowledgeable mm -hmm. of it. He had already heard about it. He'd already known that okay, I, there's a certain criteria that I'm gonna have, a minimum that I'm gonna have to get to. So maybe, you know, like a lot of us, we grew up in, you know, grandma said, you know what I'm saying, granddaddy said that this is how it's supposed to go. All right, I got an idea in my in my own mind of how it's it's supposed to what it's supposed to look like. But it don't feel right. Yeah. It don't I, I don't quite feel that I'm there yet. So you're the guy. Somebody told me that you're the guy. So let me let me go to the horse's mouth and, and get get as close to the information that I can. And he's not asking. He's not asking childish questions. Mm. You know, that's that's what, what st sticks out more with me is the fact that, you know, when, when we get to those pure places, they're all, we're almost kid-like. He's not asking childish questions. These, these are very informed, specific, you know, to, to what he's trying to accomplish. Goal-oriented. Right. Very goal-oriented. I want to get help. <laughs> this this is what I want. I want to learn how to 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 fix cars. I don't, I'm not gonna ask the dentist. Right. You know what I'm saying? I had I, I found a guy. I found a guy that works on cars. Okay. How do you fix the engine? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I did all of that. I did all of that. It's not starting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not starting. So he's having to get deeper and deeper in his questions. And, and okay, and I could, in my mind's eye, I hear the mechanic like, okay, well, if you know so much. <laughs> you know that's saying? exactly what he says. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly what, what he says to him. Yeah. If you know so much, then okay, this is what you do. If you really wanted to get it going, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, and this needs to happen. Make sure that these is connected, and then it should start up. Well, I think that's the point. You, you, you say it's a very mature question, but it also shows just how off base he is in his question. Now, now, now here, here's the lean-in. Here's the lean-in. If it's, if it's off base, if it's off base, then why? You see, so... So when you're, so when you're dealing with, so when you're dealing with, if if the if the if the perspective is off, mm -hmm. right, that means that we have somewhere along the line some type of faulty teaching, or some type of incomplete. That's a better word, an incomplete understanding of of a thing, right. Think about this. We've had people quote stuff from the Bible 18 million different ways and it'd be out of context. And people do it not because um, not because they intend to, 
but because sometimes we don't sit there and open the thing up, right? So that's why we have to ask the questions, raise the questions, think about this stuff. The question is being raised by this young man based upon his experience, his place, and the fact that he's going to Jesus means that he's among the people that are they're at least questioning their own faith journey. We haven't even touched that piece. Let's touch that. If they're coming to Jesus, they're questioning where they are. These are practicing Jews. Let's 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 start there too. These are practicing Jews. They know the law. That's a part of that's a part of DNA. They know the law. Learn the law. The law of Moses. The Pentateuch. They know this stuff. This is not abnormal. But what Jesus is bringing to the people now, as he said, I didn't come to destroy. I came to fulfill. Right? Which means that at some point, at some point, the idea is they they took it for granted. Mm. It became normalized, routine. Never forget this. I'll never forget this. Early, early in my pastoral career, I'll never forget this. Marissa asked me, like, why do you, why do you have to wear black and white on first Sunday? What's the point? <laughs> Is there something attached to it? No. We just done it. Ain't got no spiritual principle at all associated. Just something that we've done, always done, right? Forever in a day. We've just done it, right? That is... But somehow, some of those things end up getting folded into our theology, into our understanding of Bible and personal walk with God somehow. You know, you see what I mean? Like, even when the Bible says, as often, do this in remembrance of me, talking about our perspective on communion. And yet, some churches do it one Sunday a month. But the Bible says, as often. And people would get mad if we did it every week. And you know why some people would get mad at it? Because they have taken it as routine, not as Foundation. As foundational, well, you you see you starting to see what I'm, you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So when this young man comes and asks a question, part of it might be that he's coming from a place of routine and legalism, mm -hmm. and that's fine. But we also need to identify that because all of us got questions about 18 different. 
what do we what do we need to do to make this thing happen to make this thing work and if you come out of that kind of setup then we can human we can humanize this young man a whole lot more yeah because he wait, because guess what he is us at some point correct mhm so so we're so so this is why we have to un, this is why we have this to unpack it he says i've kept the commandments we could say that's an ego trip but he believes he's kept them sure specifically the ones that were listed right and then after you go through the checklist what do i still lack i just need to know so jesus saying okay you're going from legalism or the theory i like it my brain is working i'm sorry i'm talking too much no you're good the difference between educa educational setup and apprenticeship jesus is basically saying you you you're theoretical you've kept the commandments that's theoretical, whether people want to believe it or not. You've kept the theoretical. Um, you, you're doing the specific ones. Theory. But now I want to see if you know how to work the theory. Have a giving spirit. Relinquish your ties to anything that will get in the way of you. If you've kept the commandments, there should be what? No other gods before me. <laughs> notice in the text notice in the text notice this in the text jesus said you shall not murder commit adultery steal bear false witness love your neighbor as yourself honor your father and mother do you notice that jesus said nothing nothing in that list about <laughs> what Having no other gods? Yep. Keeping the Sabbath? None of that. Yeah. He didn't say nothing, nothing about those. But when it was time mm -hmm. to get to the actual practice of things, look at what he said. He said, sell your stuff, give it to the poor, and follow me. The concept of eternal life being when you create the kingdom of God on earth. Consider, he walked away because he had great possessions. Exactly. Which means that who, uh, uh, look, you, you may or may not accept this part, but just consider for a moment, we are thinking right now, who was this man's God? Hmm. his stuff <laughs> because I, I, in order to, in order for me to impart to you what you need, I need you to follow me, which means you have to leave the attachments behind, sell it, give it and follow. 
Are you willing to take that step? Now. That's where it humanizes us now, right? Because all of us ain't rich, but we sure enough have things that we have not what? Given away, relinquished to learn of Christ. Jesus never begged him. Oh, please come and follow me. He gave him what he needed to do and moved on. Sometimes we are so busy trying to do what Jesus wants us to do that we get stuck in the same pattern that we've always been in. But Jesus is not going to stand around and wait for us. And one of the problems I've always had with church is the fact that people want to know the truth, but when you tell them the truth, they don't want to accept it. And this is exactly where this man is. He's been told the truth, but he doesn't want to accept it. What do you do at that point? I mean, listen. This and this and here comes and here comes something else. Here comes a here comes a question within the question. What is truth? Mm, I was literally about to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so and so if Christ is laying out a thing and we believe that Christ is exactly who he says he is and what others have said that he is. And this is it. Here's what I need you to do. (laughs) And then suddenly you don't do it. Okay, you don't do it. Jesus never begged a soul. All Jesus ever did was give an invitation because we are all We are all capable of our own thoughts, ideas, and concepts. I am able to think for myself and make decisions for myself, which means that I have also by default said that whatever decision I make, I deal with the consequences thereof. Pressing your clothes up, you know what I'm saying, real real nice, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're clean and smelling good and, and put on some really, really shiny shoes. <laughs> and and, and you, that's that's what you did. You presented yourself, uh, what they said, a, a living a living sacrifice, you know. And 
young, you don't know what the whole sacrifice thing is, you know what I'm saying? But you know that you present yourself, and you try to present yourself in the best possible way. But that don't have nothing to do with with coming to Christ and, and giving him your best. You know, it's it was the symbolism. It was the, you know the representation of that. However, we could conceptualize it. And you know, as as you get older, you know, you start understanding. You know, once you peel back the layers, you know, God loved me in the hoodie. You know, God, God loved me in my jeans. God loved me in the shirt. God, you know, God loved me in however I come. It's what's in, in inside these clothes that's gonna make the difference. I think that was a culture shock for the young man. You know, once once Jesus hit him with it, like, you know, all right, this is what you want. And like uh, he is it, he read it in, in the uh, in the passage, uh Brother Mitch, uh, uh, he said, if you would be perfect, you know, if that's if this is the goal, if that's what your goal is, if you would be perfect, then these are the things that, that have to happen. Sad too, like you know what I mean. Like, hold on, I I just want to get into heaven. I don't, you know what I mean. I don't know about the whole perfect thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be perfect. But just he said in the beginning, Jesus is the ultimate troll. You know what I'm saying? You you talk about you want to go, so you gonna have to need to get there, bro. You know. So that's you know that's how I see. I want to hear that question again to the. Have to be perfect, and that and there lies the rub. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, because we, let's let's talk about this because we have we have okay we got eighteen thousand different denominations of Christianity and some of them say that you only gonna make it if okay now. Jesus lays it out here. See, this is the fun, fun stuff when your grandmother comes and she decides to drop her cane. Everybody, see, she, she helped loosen up the crowd. Cool. So none of us are living right. None of us. We all none of, nobody right. The, the rapture was coming. Listen, listen. <laughs> um, but let's let's consider let's consider how Je how Jesus is talking. Mm -hmm. Let like let's let's like for real consider it. Is Jesus really talking about being perfect? And let's and and then let's think about for a moment how Jesus taught. Period. He 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 already knew. He was like. He he said stuff like if you if you've kept the whole law, there's no need for what's coming. But nobody has kept the whole law, right? Like nobody kept the whole law. No, ain't ain't no ain't nobody ain't no, ain't nobody done it. We had scrolls and scrolls and scrolls that showed what nobody. You, we not the first ones breaking it, right? They've been breaking it. Like, ain't nobody <laughs> ain't nobody keep the whole law. I I got people that I know. God, I love them, and they are part of groups that they 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 as Old Testament as it gets. And guess what? God love them. Get, hey, do do you? 
you know, if that is going to help you focus on your relationship with God, then so be it. Keep keep the law. Do what you do. Go for it. You know, hey, I ain't going to tell you different. But my experience suggests that somewhere along the line, you're going to miss something when it comes to legalism. It's just going to happen. I don't have that much trust in any human being to keep, forget the other stuff, to keep the first 10. I don't, I don't got that kind of trust. And, and, and people be like, well, then, no, you, you say what you want. I ain't got that kind of trust in nobody to keep the first 10, let alone anything else in the five books, in the right. first five books. Yeah. Come on, man, listen. Look, all of us are already messed up because most of us in here had catfish. Dang. So, I, was saying, <laughs> I was about to say, and he walked away sad because he yeah, loved because, catfish. Right. <laughs> and he walked away sad because he loved that fish and that peanut oil, okay? <laughs> like, we look, we don't, look, look, you know, and, you know, these shrimp lovers, I'm, look, I'm, look, I, I am chiefest of all. We in trouble. You see what I mean? Like, if you're going to go that way, we already failed. Well, and I wonder if, and I and I didn't even really think about this till you till you said something. Do we do we overlook the fact that he is mentioned as as a young man? Mm. Like something about it, and maybe maybe this is me projecting, right? But Project anyhow. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a there's a binary black and white sort of way when you're young that you look at the world. Mm-hmm. A plus B has to equal C, mm-hmm. or else I don't understand how the world works. Right, right? like it, it helps keep everything stable for me, you know. And so I wonder if his inability to understand that his truth because of the position and the privilege that he had mm. was going to be different than somebody like, yeah, you kept the commandments. And for some folks, that's what they got to do. Right. You're keeping the commandments. You got to do like a plus B to know is equal C. Your truth is different than this guy's truth. And, and I wonder if it, I'm not disparaging anybody, no, but, just, no, but when you're young, you look at the world and you expect if I do certain things, I'm supposed to get certain results. Right. No, absolutely. That's absolutely. Go and with as it. As you grow, you understand that that truth is not static. And I think that's just it's it's a lesson, but it's a hard lesson when it's talking about everything that you own. <laughs> and I mean and the first time here it is, first time you found out that doing all the right things didn't produce the result. Right. Messed you up, didn't it? Right. Right. You kept every rule, did all that stuff. Yep. And you was you would look, you was look, let's let's lay it all out. You you were told, be respectful, respect your elders, do this, do this, do this. You did all that. And then suddenly it wasn't enough. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mess with you. Yep. Go go ahead, man.
So in humanity, we always have the willingness to learn. And we're creatures of habit. On the other side of the habit, we're also creatures of growth. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we're not growing, we're truly dying. And if you're not afraid of death, but you're not afraid to live, that's the way that he was actually looking at everything. As far as him trying to find the, the actual truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in all of our journeys, you know, as we go through all, all these years and we, the things that we've learned through our childhood, and we realize that, no, this is not the way it really is. And you find out that it's a totally different way from what you have been told, how you've been raised, and how you're supposed to deal with certain matters and what we call life. So that's how I look at it. Definitely his way of looking at humanity. And so when Jesus told him what he did, yes, it was definitely an utter disappointment. Um, Yeah, because that also demonstrates his truth. And how many times when we ask for the truth, are we really prepared to hear it? Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what in our life. So then, so then Matthew 7, 7 through 11 yeah, nice segue. <laughs> becomes very, becomes very, very real. Because it was quoted part of it, but let's go deeper. Ask and it shall, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Now, hear this. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, mm-hmm. will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Yep. <laughs> Consider. If we don't do this, we ain't going to get any answers. If we don't do this, ask, seek, and not. But as it was said, we're not always ready for the response. Mm-hmm. What, did the, what did this brother do? He asked, and Jesus gave him what? An answer. Mm. Which then suggests what? If it's something that we don't want, does it necessarily mean that even though we don't want it, it isn't good for us? Right. You see, that, 
that that's the that's the tension mm-hmm. of our walk. Jesus, how can I have eternal life? What good deed must I do to gain eternal life? Just push me over the edge. Push me over the top. Yeah, just 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 one. I'm already nailing it. Just you know, just the one thing. Yeah. How you gonna call anything good? For there's only one who is good. Mm. This is Jesus. Well, I still wanna. Well, Jesus says then, okay, keep the commandments. Because he didn't let, because look, the young man didn't let go. That's seeking. Seeking means that you are not relinquishing. You are pursuing answers. You are looking for something. He did not leave after the first thing, right? Jesus said, keep these commandments. But he kept seeking. He kept what else do I lack? And then he answered, <laughs> well, now that you mention it, sell your stuff, <laughs> give it to the poor, and follow me. And when he said that, he knocked, the door was open, but what did he do? He walked away. That's the beauty of Jesus to me. Ask, seek, and knock, but the choice is still yours. I wonder what the young man would have said was his reasoning for not wanting to be poor. Mm. That's That's a good question. Ain't nobody trying to be broke. (laughs) 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 But (gasps) this dude right here, man, (laughs) man, uh, man, you didn't look, you didn't do camping right. I'm trying to tell you, bro, (laughs) you didn't do it right. Let me tell you, let, let, let me tell you something, okay? He, yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be true, but I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my, my, my statement came from a place of, of privilege. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. But, <laughs> but, but in a society where poor people weren't treated well, that's how am I supposed to now feel like I have access To anything. Which which then which then brings into focus the environment. Yeah. I mean, think about this. I I have to I have to relinquish in order to engage. Mm. And you know, it, it, mm. I gotta I gotta let go. I gotta let go of my pockets to engage an environment that I don't want to suffer in? But then the question is, how how in-depth is he listening to Jesus' teachings? If everything that Jesus teaches is the first shall be last, 
and you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, and this, that, and third. And he's still just so hung up on it, like, like, like I just wonder what the disconnect is. Okay, here comes the rough part of the of the podcast. <laughs> it's the same mentality that exists when it comes to things that are systemic that oppress people. You done said two dirty words. Mm-hmm. So, since we're here, Might as well. and people that follow us anyway, they know I don't bite my tongue about it. <laughs> let, let, let us consider for a minute. There are people who have privilege, and they know they do, and they acknowledge they do. And they have a heart that says that things are not the way they ought to be. They really do. Mm-hmm. They, they contribute to things. They do all this stuff, and they show up. But what would it look like? for them to actually let go of the privilege and the attachments that come with privilege to really walk beside people who are oppressed. People don't know how to rationalize that. That's why, even though people romanticize the civil rights movement, the people that are highlighted, they're ones that said, I know who I am in this space, but in order to see something take place, mm-hmm. I have to what? Detach from where I benefit in order to align with those who can't stand on their own. And it is difficult it's difficult to benefit from the suffering of others, whether intentional or not, and then align yourself with those suffering. So when you say that, I immediately think to compare this story or contrast this story with the story of Zacchaeus mm-hmm. and and how he was stealing from the people Yes, and then decided, if I'm going to make this right, I got to give it back like to bring himself down to where everybody else is at because the only reason he was above them was because he wasn't doing it the right way anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I, Zacchaeus made that choice and the rich young ruler decided that that was not for him. Right. And so that's, and I would have never contrasted those two before. But and, and, and when you think, and when you consider that, and when you consider that Zacchaeus, he was, he was in the presence of Christ, heard the message, the message compelled. The message compelled a guy that had plenty of money to climb a tree. I, let's, let's be clear. We know he was short, he was this, he was that. But he had money, right? He could have paid anybody to get up to the front. Mm-hmm. And let the, I mean, doesn't that make, wouldn't that make more sense they're like, hey, man. It's not dignified to climb trees. Right. <laughs> there, ain't no di- there ain't no dignity in climbing a tree in that, in that context. Right. But, he, 
He heard that Jesus was there, climbed a tree so the Lord could see him. Jesus sees him. Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to your house. And Jesus went up in this house full of stuff. And Zacchaeus was compelled by his encounter with Jesus to restore to people who he had wronged. He didn't stop being a tax collector. Right. He became what he was supposed to be, though. He became an individual that was doing what? The right thing. Yes, I got to collect taxes, but I shouldn't be what? I can't extort you. I'm going to give you back. I can still make my money, but I can give it back. I cannot do these things, right? There, there are too many people that still want the benefits of the privilege while just trying their best to be what? Moral. And sometimes you have to realize that there are things that you've been given that give you opportunity to do things that other people would never be able to do. Yeah, it's it's like the whole the whole series, right? And it's like how do you fully live into that image that God has made you in? Mhm. And it's it's yeah, you, you don't quit being the tax collector. Right. But you collect taxes as if you are an image bearer of God. Mhm. And that can shift how you operate in terms of power dynamics. Right. In terms of just how you, yeah, how you treat people, um, and I, Jesus is always looking for people to put their money where their mouth is, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively, and it, 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 it's frustrating because it was he was he was right there, mm-hmm. he was right there. <laughs> He's asking the right mm-hmm. questions. He's listening for the answer, and he just doesn't want to do it. But he's right there. And, and, that, and that lines up with at least one of the points. The desire to do the minimum. Mm. And when you have a desire to do the minimum, that means that you are unwilling to dig the kind of hole where you can really be planted. Prove your point. Same seventh chapter of Matthew, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. You gotta have something, you gotta be rooted, grounded, have a foundation that has some strength, that has some depth, that has some something to it. 
some substance to it. But if you don't, no matter what happens, look, look at all this stuff that was listed. Rains fall, floods coming, wind blowing, or as songs would say, the storms of life are raging. Mm. But if you don't have a foundation that's strong, you can't make it. You're going to lose anyway. I have never seen a sandcastle last. I'm gonna say, I was waiting to see when if when that was going to land. I have never seen a sandcastle last. I don't care how it was structured. I don't care who structured it. I have never seen a sandcastle last past anything. All sandcastle got to deal with is some kid kicking it one good time. That's the end of it. Sand. You can mold it and shape it, but it's not going to hold. I don't care how much water you put on it and you pack it. It's not going to stay. Because guess what? All it takes is one wave and it's gone. But if you are planted, rooted, built upon a foundation that makes some sense, where are you going? <laughs> Again, the songs where we sing but we don't believe. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust. Sweetest friend, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You sing it, I sing it, but my God, do we believe it. And then if we're shaky on it, if we're shaky on it, is it because we haven't really tested it for ourselves? Mm. Mm, say more. Mm-hmm. Don't build it too near the shore. Oh, nice. But you have to build it twice. Or you have to build the house once more. You better build your house upon a rock. <laughs> make, wait, make sure it's a sure foundation on a solid spot. For the storms may come and go, but the peace of God you will know. Boy, I can't fool with you. <laughs> Remembering all these kids' songs from the 80s. You got but here's the, But here's, here's the problem. The problem is we're teaching and we're placing emphasis on sand. And the reason we're doing it is because everybody loves the beach. <laughs> I'm looking at my mom's face and she's looking like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is my son talking. Everybody loves the sand. I miss the sand right now. I would love to be on the sand near the ocean. Near the ocean. Near on, the, on the sand. Near the, near the ocean. ocean. See, that's near. Yes, sir. You know, I could go in the ocean. I can navigate, yeah. but overrated. 
Oh, see, here you go. <laughs> it, it is not overrated. <laughs> but everybody loves the sand because it's a great landscape. Mm -hmm. But it don't mean you need to build anything on it. Because when the storms of life come, the first things that get knocked down is anything that's on the beach. Every time. Every time. I don't care what it is. It always gets knocked down. So are we teaching are we teaching people how to have a certain foundation that's rooted in something that is greater than the sand? Are we giving people what they need to investigate, do I have the right stuff so when times get hard, I can navigate it? That, that's, that's the stuff. And, and then if, we, if we're doing that, are we also, in the process of doing that, are we also offering grace? Now, this whole time I ain't even talked about it. Are we offering grace for people to recognize that if they make the poor decision, they still got a chance to make the right one? No. Which leads to the which leads to the which leads to which leads to this a misquoted scripture. <laughs> and I need you to read it. Uh oh. And I send it to you. This is a this is a misquoted scripture. And how do I know it's a misquoted scripture? Because I done done it so many times I had to repent and look over it again. Luke six, thirty seven, thirty eight. Ah, okay. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And ain't talking about stuff. <laughs> that scripture ain't talking about stuff. Judge not. You'll, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, there's a period after that, you. The next is a whole nother sentence. Mm -hmm. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. <laughs> For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, whatever you do, it will come back in the same way you sent it out. <laughs> it's not written this way, but if but by the by the transitive property it says judge not, but guess what? Judge, and you will be judged. Mm -hmm. Condemn, you will be condemned. <laughs> Don't forgive, and you won't be forgiven. <laughs> be stingy, and folk will be stingy with you. What's the scripture? As a man soweth. <laughs> As you sow. You'll reap. <laughs> we quote it 
so poorly that we miss this young man still had a chance. We know how scripture's written, that there's always an end to a story. But you have to remember that if the story continued later, because even scripture is written and it says that there were many things that Jesus did that were not documented, right? Could it be? And we may not know until we make it to heaven. Could it be that the brother came back? Right. Right. Could it be that after Pentecost he ended up being in the number? Could it be that he went away sorrowful because he didn't know he couldn't do nothing about it at that moment, but he had a chance? We don't know. I bring it up all the time because I got to throw it out here so it'll make everybody think because I preached from this before. I still say Judas could have been saved. Come on. We, we, we overlook the redemptive nature of Scripture so often because we get caught up in what folks did wrong to put us in the situation. That's it. That we don't think about all of the opportunities that aren't taken mm-hmm. to end up back in right relationship. He tried to give the money back because he felt the guilt. He tried to do all this stuff. And nobody he was encountering was offering him any grace. Mm -hmm. But if, this is my contention, if he would have found a way to hold out a little while longer and not been consumed by his guilt, he could have got the same deal that Peter got. How Peter going to get it? Jesus called Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. He said, you're going to fail. Well, he said, you're going to fail this test before it happens. But I've prayed for you that when you return, you're going to strengthen the brothers. Wait a minute. So Jesus has the grace for anybody who's willing to what? Ass. The part that gives me hope, I may have been like this young man asking for the minimum, but now that I know better, do I stay there? Now Now that I've been in ministry a while, do I settle for preaching and teaching a gospel that does not challenge, but only makes people feel good. You see what I mean? Yeah. Do I do I preach so that y'all shout on Sunday? <laughs> or do I preach a gospel that helps all of us transform, be changed? Is this thing not about making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? I know that is the punchline, if you will, of the United Methodist Church. I shouldn't say punchline. Tagline is better word. But, hey, it is what. Sometimes. But, but, that's, but if this is the tagline, wouldn't this be, wouldn't this be the way we got to be challenged, the way that we got to deal with this, the way that we got to go about this every once in a while? So. 
you have anything else because I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm gonna work on this, y'all. No, I'm no, talking no, no. too much. We're, we're we're learning as we go. Anybody else have anything?
because once they reach, especially the school age, they don't want to be influenced by Jesus. They don't want to hear anything about God because it's, they've got another lifestyle that they're dealing with that puts all that behind them, and they do not want to be dealing with anything that has to follow them, Christ. And I've heard people say that I can't handle that. That's not my lifestyle. That's too hard to handle. It's too much for me. I don't, I'm not interested. But they don't realize what they're giving up and what they're missing. Keep them while they're young. Well, I would, I would push back only a little bit to say it's not just a matter of teaching them. I think we do a lot of teaching. I don't know that we do a lot of healthy modeling. Because mm-hmm. we know the kids are smart. We know that. And they're going to pick up everything that you do. That's how smart they are. And so I don't kid, – and kids are just as greedy <laughs> as anybody else. They want more, more, more. And so I, th- I think it's just a matter of being willing to hold yourself up as a transparent example and to create the synergy where people can be a goofball and ask all the questions and not and not have that then be a reason for them not to believe cuz cuz we we why well, you can't ask that question you can't have doubt you, so i mean we have to model these things cuz we can teach till we're blue in the face but if they don't see it then we're just blowing smoke and on that note, because we did kind of hit our our time for tonight, I want us oh, one more, one more. Go ahead, and then go I ahead. I just want to state that all that we've been talking about, I thought, was settled last week when you talked about position and purpose. Mm-hmm. If we get out of our position just deal with our purpose, and if we know our purpose, God will take care of everything, but we've got to get out of our position. And so, we're going to deal with, we're going to probably deal with that even further next week in a a different way. Um, Just as a note to those that are online with us and those that are here in person, this Sunday is our Men's and Women's Day here at the church, um, and the theme is coming out of Psalm 4, verse 5, and I'll be dealing with that specific scripture, and I'll be talking about our responsibility for a blessed outcome, mm. and just as a highlight, the scripture says this, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Now, I don't know how the Lord is going to work it, but connect with us this Sunday, and we'll see what God's got to say. It tracks already. (laughs) So we're going to be in that space, and then we'll be back here next Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel, (laughs) and we're going to do it it all over again. Um, I pray that everybody's been blessed in this conversation tonight. And I pray and I thank all of you that were online with us tonight live. 
um, let somebody know. Um, the replay will be up and let somebody know about your experience um, in this space. We are trying our best to make this truly a safe house, a safe space to really deal with the word of God. Join me as we close tonight. God, we thank you for what you have shown us, what you continue to reveal to us. We bless your name for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Go with us and stand by us. Continue to work our minds so that we are thinking and considering everything that you have coming our way. I thank you for the opportunity to be with your people tonight and to be with your people even when they come into replay that somehow, some way, something said or done will be a blessing. Continue to bless your people as only you can. Guide us and direct us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We will see you next Wednesday of the Safe House. And hopefully we will see you Sunday at 10 a.m. in worship, in person, or online. God bless you. We will see you soon. Take care.